In today's episode, we have Tristan Ritchie, who is an investment-focused realtor in Sudbury Market. Sudbury has been one of the very popular cities in recent times, especially over the last couple of years. In this episode, Tristan walks us through why this might be true and why more and more investors are looking for some great investing properties in this city. So without further ado, let's get started. Hello, Tristan. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing awesome. And how are you? Thanks for having me. Yes, I am doing wonderful. Uh, We're close to the holiday season. And what I'm more excited about is to have you here on the show. And uh, we have a really good topic that we will be talking about. But before we get into that, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, where you are, and how you help others? For sure. So my name is Tristan Ritchie. I'm a realtor in Sudbury, Ontario. So four hours north of Toronto. Um, it's actually quite a nice drive. And lately, I'm sure you've heard the buzz. We've been quite the buzz around here and in investing and in buying rental properties because you can actually cash flow in Sudbury. <laughs> so there's a lot of opportunities here. Things have been getting more expensive like everywhere in Canada, but we're still a place where you can find some cash flow properties and opportunities for burrs and, and those kind of strategies. So as of this year, I've been doing a lot of, uh, well, me and the team. So I have four agents working with me. Um, so we've been doing a lot of business in the, the multifamily sector and helping buyers buy properties in Sudbury that cash flow or, or projects that they have. So we have all the contacts for um, contractors and electricians, plumbers, anything you need. And um, yeah, so we've been focusing a lot on actually out of town buyers as well. So it'll be good for your podcast as well. Cause uh so we do, we go take videos most often. So I point out all the negatives because you can see if it's a nice kitchen, but you might not be able to see the little bit of water damage in the corner. So I, right. and I show the ceiling height, all that. So then you got to get a good idea of the property and then, yeah. So, and I, and I help educate people on the market because the biggest thing is it's like, I'm sure, you know, it's moving so fast. You have to have your ex- expectations, right? So you can actually win the bidding wars. Exactly. And I think that's the reason why to have like an experienced realtor, perhaps like yourself, who knows the area much more, who is there and living in the trenches and doing this research probably on daily basis, uh, doing comparatives and whatnot, which one is better than the other, uh, which street is better than the other, uh, where to get and where not to get. And to be quite honest, for uh, new investors who are just getting into this, this can be pretty overwhelming. Um, But anyways, let's move on and um, talk about Sudbury. So tell us before we dive further about investment opportunities and stuff like that, why don't we discuss about what the city has to offer? Uh, What's the population, demographics? What are some of the industries uh, that are pretty good over there? So walk us through that. So historically, we've been pretty stagnant on the population front. Oh, I should mention too that I didn't mention before quickly. I'm, I'm an investor myself. I own several properties in Sudbury. So I'm not just just a realtor. I actually experienced this. Wow, just so people. Great class. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> so, good to know. So I, I, you can trust me in that sense as well. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. So in terms of population, we've been pretty stagnant. Although in the last five years, we have felt and seen as residents of Sudbury, the population increase. A lot of my friends are moving back. They had a job in Toronto. Now they're moving back to Sudbury to have a bigger house with land and they can still do the same job. So we haven't seen a recent stats can update of our new population population, but I believe strongly that it's been increasing. I just can't say exactly what to what. So 165 is 
the number that we use. Mm-hmm. Um, the main employers in Sudbury is, as many of you know, were the nickel capital of the world. So that was still is one of the biggest employers, which is which they're using a lot more in batteries. Mm-hmm. So with all these electric cars, any type of battery, they need the nickel. So I see that industry increasing a lot in the next little bit as well, because they're going to have to produce way more as people move from gas to electric. So who knows what that's going to do to our population, but probably increase it is my, my, my view on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's one of the biggest, our, our two other huge ones are the hospital. So we're the North of the hub for our hospital. Okay. So they employ a ton of people. Those are high paying jobs. Um, nurses make a lot of money. They, they work really hard too. Don't, don't get me wrong, but they make yeah. a lot too. So they're, they're home buyers. Then there's also the CRA. So we have one of the hubs for the Canada tax agency and they employ over 3000 people in Sudbury. So that's a huge employer, government job steady. And again, they, they're making good salaries as well. A lot of my clients work there. They're yeah. So they're home buyers as well. So pretty steady jobs. And then the school boards, three post-secondary institutions. I'm sure you've heard of the turmoil with Laurentian. A lot of people have heard about that. A few jobs were cut, but ultimately my dad still works there and they're running fine or they might have a few less students because they cut a few of their like uh, their their courses that weren't making much money, Mm -hmm. attract a lot of international students. So in quickly in a big uh, sum, that's the economy of Sudbury. And especially I feel after the pandemic that has been uh, becoming a trend that houses over here in GTA around GTA have become so unaffordable that people who are from or were from Sudbury these other areas are deciding to go back, especially a, I mean, their families might be there itself. And then secondly, it's, it's much more affordable. And on top of that, they can literally work from anywhere within Ontario. In most cases, mm-hmm. it's tax implication is the same. Doesn't matter if you live in Toronto or Sudbury, there is not much difference. You know, employers are usually okay with that, at least for now. Now, how long that goes for, hopefully a much longer period than we anticipate. But uh, talking about now investment opportunities within Sudbury, what would you say is sort of like an average purchase price of a single house in in Sudbury? Like detached, three bedroom, four bedroom, two bath. Yeah. So so your basic brick bungalow in an okay area. Mm-hmm. In a pretty good area, you're looking at this year was the highest. We're at four hundred thousand. Okay, which for us is like wow. So that's that's dated, right? So that's like I'm thinking early two thousands, late nineties, like colors, flooring, kitchen. But you're a brick bungalow, so those are around the four hundred now, which for us is crazy. <laughs> yeah, what we, they used to be like, say, a couple of years ago when the pandemic didn't hit. So just like la- I'm looking at these right in front of me right now, just last year, 333,000. Okay. Okay. And then the year before that 297. Wow. And then the year before that 276. Okay. Yeah. So the- this year was the biggest increase. Right. Um, so those are the ones that people can convert do the birth strategy into two units. Right. But now you're competing a lot with the first time home buyers as well. True. Cause that's, that's what they're trying to get into as well. Yes, exactly. Now, uh, in terms of uh, getting permits and stuff like that, do you see that it's difficult to get in Sudbury to convert a single uh, family home into a duplex or a triplex and stuff like that? Like how difficult or how easy is the process? So I've done several of them. Uh, So in Sudbury, now people are always looking at the zoning. They're like, oh, R2 zoning. We need R2 if we want to have a duplex. 
In Sudbury, as of three and a half years ago, that's no longer the case. You can have a second, a legal secondary unit in an R1 zoning. So they're trying to encourage second units because we're, our vacancy rate is so low. So we're at 2.5% according to CMHC, which is, which is extremely low. Finding a tenant is, is super easy. Okay. Um, finding a quality tenant, that's you might have to be a little bit more diligent, but they're encouraging these. Although I will say it still is a little bit of a hassle dealing with Sudbury City. I know from a lot of developers, from builders and people that are doing a lot of renovations, they still do. And there's there's ways to deal with them, but it's just a little bit harder than than from what we've heard. I've never done it in another city, but from what we've heard and my clients in, in other cities. Got it. Okay, fair enough. Now, how is like what is the tenant pool looking like at this point? Like um, A, B, C type of tenants. Which pool do you say is much more prominent? There's a lot of B, a lot of middle class. Although there's a lot of so, I think we were discussing this earlier. If if you're investing, I have a map that I can send out that shows exactly where these areas are. So there's the A tenants, which I highlighted in blue. Yeah. And then the B tenants that I highlight in yellow and then C tenants. So these different pockets of Sudbury, there's a lot, it seems like there's a lot of A tenant areas, but there's just not many rentals out there mm-hmm. because they're mostly single family houses, families living in those. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got a lot of, I'd say mostly B is like the tenant pool that you're working with. Right. Um, like anywhere, right. You just have, there's not always people that are making the super high incomes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, to say, for example, you, if you've done a recent transaction, do you want to walk us through like what was the purchase price? Um, if you did a burst strategy and added additional units to it, how much cash flowing are these properties? What was the age of the house? Just general idea. So we can, you know, kind of visualize what it would be like investing there. Yeah, for sure. So it really depends on the area that you're going to target. We have a couple areas. I'll just talk about the areas really quick before I get into this, just so I can mention which area that we're going to focus on. Yep. Um, so we have two areas if you're shopping in Sudbury called the Donovan and the Flour Mill. So those are our low end areas. You can get some high cash flow. Historically, you could get 12% cap, which is pretty incredible. Now you're down to eight, nine in those areas. But again, those areas have 85% of the landlord and tenant disputes. Okay. So it's like anywhere it's our quote unquote lower end, you know, like some people call it the ghetto of Sudbury, um, which every city has. And, um, so if you're investing in those area, you can get way higher cash flow. And some people, that's their strategy. They want the higher cash flow. They want the, not have to worry about the mortgage payment because it's a lot lower, but me personally, and other people, they also want just the higher end, you know, you're not cash flowing much, but you have a better quality tenant profile. Right. So those would be the C areas in my in my map. Um, so I'm going to talk about a B area. So it's a good area where you can get good tenants if you have a good product. So if you're fully renovating something, you can attract a good tenant here. And so I'll just give a general example of what someone is doing right now. So they paid 320 and this was six months ago. So now you're paying 350, 360 for the same place, but your ARV is a little bit higher as well. Mm-hmm. So you're paying 320 to 350, let's say for a brick bungalow that's super dated Mm -hmm. and the basement's somewhat finished, but still like paneling in the basement. So maybe an old furnace at that price. And you're so upstairs, you're spending flooring, maybe a kitchen, 30 grand downstairs for a whole, whole new unit. Depends how far you decide to take it. But usually I'm telling people 80, 
Mm-hmm. Cause I want to be in, which is still like, what do you guys pay over there for a whole basement unit? It depends again, like how extensive you want, yeah. It. but yeah, I would say 70 to 85, like that would be the average. Yeah. So that's what, that's what I've been saying here too. And it's, it's, I like to be safe with my numbers when I'm running. Like often they, people say, Oh, like we did it for a lot less than you said. Well, that's better than a lot more than what I said. Right. Yeah. So um, it depends if there's a bathroom down there or not. If there's most of the plumbing's already there of obviously where the plumbing is located, but usually you're between the 50 and 80 K mark. Yeah. And, and then people are refinancing now at 540. Okay. 520 to 540. So you're some cases you're getting most of your money out. Yeah. Um, which is, which is still great. And then at that price, you're getting roughly rents of, if you have a three bedroom up and a two down, you're getting again, safe numbers, 18, uh, well, 19 up with, um, including utilities for this mm-hmm. and 15 down, including utilities. Okay. So it's including utilities. So that's something. Yeah. Unless you do two meters, which if you're usually converting, most most of my clients don't add two meters. Okay, that's that's really fair uh, cash flow. Like even if it's in a B area, which just sounds like it's a middle class, good area, decent area, yeah. um, you know, working uh, class, working uh, renters. So which means probably less disputes to go in, uh, longer term uh, tenants perhaps. And less hassle, like less management, in my opinion, or in my experience. Yeah, definitely. Okay, great. Now, how is uh, the situation of trades looking like? Uh, I know uh, trades is one thing that has been a challenge, especially over the last few months, uh, you know, finding the right contractor or the plumber or uh, electrician there. I guess there has been so much demand over the last few months that everybody is on tight timelines and uh, it's it's difficult to find right partners. Um, how has had been over there in, in Sudbury? I'll be honest, that's, it's tough. <laughs> Fine. Okay. So, <laughs> I was hoping for a different answer, but I guess. I know. <laughs> I, I would love to be like, oh yeah, just come down here. I have everyone you need. They're available yeah. all the way, but <laughs> In all honesty, most uh, the three main, four main guys that I recommend for contractors, they're, they literally called me and said, stop sending me business. I'm, I'm too busy for now. There, there's a lot of people out there, but you just have to be on top of them. Yeah. So it's not like, unless you're paying big bucks for a big company to just do it and you don't have to worry about anything, you're yeah. going to have a, little, a few little headaches here trying to make sure they're showing up, things like that. I haven't heard many horror stories from my clients, but there is those, the, the chance that that happens. Um, but like you said, it's everywhere right now. And the thing with Subbury is we don't have many developers right now. So I know earlier you said you maybe you want to talk about pre-construction, but we don't have that. Okay. So we're not at that point where the prices are high enough for, for developers to want to come to Sudbury yet. Got it. Okay. So in terms of your services, um, if an investor is interested in looking into Sudbury, like what kind of help can you, can you provide them? Do you help, obviously you help them searching or finding the right property based on your portfolio, but based on their portfolio, but what else can you help them with? Like, do you assist with property management and so on as well? Uh, Not yet down the pipeline for sure. I'm going to have a property management. Um, There's a few that I recommend though in Sudbury. Okay. So Right now, it's like I have all the connections. I can recommend a bunch of people in terms of I do still have some contractors that are available, depending on the scope of the job. And 
electricians, plumbers on all that, but mostly it's the finding the property and finding the right property and navigating the market. Like it's things are priced all over the place, which I'm sure you've noticed as well. Right. So it, it's hard to know and be and know what to expect in our market. So we'll go, our team will go take videos for you, give, give you our opinion on each property. And some of them come up and they're just, they slip through the cracks a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that happens, but sometimes there's some that are like, man, this should have five, six offers, but it doesn't. Okay, so, okay. so those are the ones you kind of, it still happens in Sudbury. So you got to jump on them fast, Yeah. which is part of our job is letting you know when those are coming up. Okay. I know a lot of the off-market deals as well. I deal, I'm sure you guys have all heard of the wholesalers. I know a lot of the wholesalers in Sudbury. So I see the deals come up for those as well. And sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're not. Depends on the situation. Okay. Sounds great. Well, before we wrap up, any final things, any final thoughts that you'd like to share? Yeah. So Sudbury, just a little bit more information if you're planning on investing in Sudbury. So what kind of, the, the biggest opportunities in Sudbury right now are things are selling at low cash flow with potential to have really high cash flow. But the reason they're selling at low cash flow is because there's been tenants that have been in there for a long time. Right. So it's not always the cash for keys, but you have to play the equity play a little bit as long. And often those aren't losing money when you, when you buy them, they're just maybe two, three, four hundred $400 a month, mm -hmm. which maybe if you're used to investing down South, that's, that's decent, but maybe you're in the low hundreds for cash flow right now. But as soon as one moves out, you increase the rent 500 bucks. Mm -hmm. So there, that brings you to seven, 800. Then you increase another one. Then you're at 15, 1600. Then you become a very profitable property. Your price increases because your cap rate increases. Yeah. And at that point, that's where I see the biggest potential. So like the last one that I looked at was cash flowing $37 a month, sixplex. Okay. But I still think it's a great opportunity because that sixplex is going to be 200 grand more in a year and a half. Mm -hmm. So I'm, it's going to be not much, it'll be more, but I'll also be cash flowing. Like if I turn over all six of those units, it's a $3,000 a month ca cash flowing property. Right. So right. you got to kind of see that potential, mm -hmm. but I understand it's also harder because you got to put a little bit more down payment, right? If they're, the ratios are a little bit low. Yeah. And uh, sixplex sometimes depending upon which lender you go to might fall under a commercial uh, loan. So the process is slightly longer than the residential uh, mortgage financing. But anyways, like there are a couple of banks who would still finance under under residential. So uh, yeah. if, if the numbers do make sense and you do see potential into it, then definitely with even a minimal cash flow. Uh, cash flow is definitely one component, but it's not the only component uh, we should be looking at. So thanks. For I agree. Sharing. I agree. The value of the building, too, because it's a good quality building as well. Yeah. And the, the last last thing is a lot of people, if you're doing the burst strategy, it's good to know the ARV potential mm -hmm. and what the appraisers are looking at. So I have good relationships with several appraisers. Yep. And so I asked them if you're doing an ARV for a three, four, five unit building or, or, or more, what cap rate are you using? And they said on the lower end of 5.5 to 6.5. Mm -hmm. And they said that's slowly getting lower and lower. So that's an ARV. If you do a little bit of work to it, um, what is your ARV going to be? So if you're purchasing a property at a certain price, look at the market rents, then calculate your ARV, ARV based on that. Then that gives you a good idea of what you can refinance at in the next year or year and a half or two, if you're doing the burst strategy. 
Yeah. So, uh, Tristan, your uh, some of our listeners might be first-time investors, and they might not know about some of these terms that you and I have a better idea about: ARV and cap rate. Um, do you want to explain a little bit more what does exactly ARV and cap rate really means, so they can relate to that as well? Yeah. So ARV is after repair value. So this is like most every, every investor's goal, right? You find a property that needs work, that you get it at a great price, that needs a little bit of cosmetics. So maybe you get it at 200,000. Um, these are just random numbers. It's hard to get that in Sudbury. Yeah. So 200, <laughs> you put 50 grand into it, let's say. So then you, you're, you've invested 250 technically using the bank's money as well. And then you go to the bank and you say, hey, it's worth 350. So your 350 is your after repair value. So what it's worth after your renos. Mm -hmm. So it's worth a hundred grand more than what you technically own it for. So then you can go to the bank and borrow that, that money back. Exactly. So you pull, and that's how most of the investors have been doing. They pull the equity out, um, depending upon, you know, what the long-term plan mm -hmm. is or what path they're on. They would refinance that up to 80%, pull out whatever money they have paid for down payment plus repairs, and then continue to find another property and then do the same thing again. So let's talk about cap rate. What exactly is a cap rate? So how to calculate the cap rate is, and this is like, it's not the end all be all method that you use to evaluate a property, but it's one of the easier methods to evaluate a multifamily. So it's then your net income, not including the mortgage divided by the value of the property. So that'll give you a percentage mm -hmm. um, with current rents, mind you though, as soon as the rents go up a little bit, then you can raise that cap rate a little bit. Right. And then in the, in a B area, you're, if you're buying a duplex, it's always a little bit lower because you're paying a little bit more per unit. Mm -hmm. um, but you're normally looking under 6.5. Okay. 6.5. If you get seven, like it's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, just be careful with the numbers that if you're like, if you're a new investor, talk to an experienced realtor. Um, just because when you're selling a property, you don't include all the numbers, right? Like <laughs> they can be bought out misses for sure. Yeah, like vacancy and then the maintenance, right? So make sure those are calculated. Um, and then you get a the real cap rate, not the one that's provided usually on the listing. Right. So in Sudbury, that's what you're getting. And then if you're in the Donovan, as we were discussing earlier, the lower end flour mill, you can get eight, nine sometimes. Okay. But again, that's if you want to be way more active managing your property. Yeah. Um, more chances of people not like non-payment. So raise your vacancy rate when you're calculating the, your income for those properties. But those can be a lot higher because they're in a less desirable area and cheaper cost. Perfect. Thanks for explaining that. Of course. I've done that great job <laughs> of explaining <laughs> it. So thanks for, for helping us out. Okay, great. Now it does sound, I mean, there are a lot of pros of investing in Sudbury from what we have discussed so far. Uh, pricing definitely compared to anywhere in and around GTA, you won't get um, that well off a of cash flow and potential for appreciation like you, like working on birth strategy with lower budget, that is, right? Especially if you're starting off in real estate, you might not have that much money to invest in. Um, so finding these uh, great opportunities might be, you know, in, in your favor when you when you start your journey. And even with experienced um, investors, um, if 
they're trying to find opportunities for cash flow and obviously adding value with uh, a decent amount of budget, it might be the place to go, especially with the industry that we have seen there. It's it's stable. And mm -hmm. uh, with this flexibility of work from home, a lot of people are choosing to go back to their towns and Sudbury sounds like one of them. Yeah. And even like, I know we focus more on the, the, the entry level investors. If there's any experienced investors listening to this as well. Um, I do know several larger buildings. I've sold several eight, 10, 12s. I'm looking at a 14 right now. So there are bigger opportunities in Sudbury. They're not always posted, um, but I have good relationships with a lot of the realtors. So those are opportunities. It, those also aren't super high cash flow. Like the 14 is only 830, but it's wow. definitely a, uh, it's still positive, but again, you turn over all 14, your cash flow in 10 grand. Exactly. <laughs> Great. Okay. All right. Sounds good, Tristan. Now, um, in order to get in touch with you to explore more about opportunities in Sudbury and even perhaps to get a copy of the map that you're talking about, how can people get that? How can our listeners get access to that? So the, the best and easiest, uh, me and my admins are checking it all the time, is uh, at Real Richie. That's my Instagram. So I get back to you. You send me your email. We'll send you over the map every week or two. I send out a video where it's like a loom video. And I go through like on our system, the souls that sold in, in multifamily. So then you can follow with everything that's sold in Sudbury and get my professional opinion on it. So some of them I'm like, Hey, that's a bad deal. You, you paid way too much. And I've gotten in trouble by other realtors for this, but I'm allowed to do it because I given quality information to my, my clients. And then I go through some that I think are great deals. And we kind of discuss that. Um, it's really quick video, so you don't have to commit much time. And then, yeah, the map. So Instagram's the best. I have a YouTube channel for investing in Sudbury, which I'm just getting off the ground. And then Facebook and email, whatever works best. Perfect. And we'll have your contact information on the show notes as well. So before I let you go, Tristan, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, this is so insightful. Thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge. Of course. Thanks for having me. This was a blast. Thank you. Take care. All right, my friends. Hope you enjoyed this episode and you got a bit more understanding about what the city is all about and what it has to offer. If you need to get the map that Tristan was mentioning about in the episode, you can reach out to him at tristan.richie at gmail.com. The email address is uh, available on the show notes. If you found this to be helpful, please share it with your friends and family or any other investor who might find this useful. Hope you have a wonderful day and we shall see you next time.